Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. That is Marikeisha Lance Bottoms, who has now become a media darling um, heralding the call for peace and order in the city of Atlanta. There are some of us who are questioning um, who knew what and when. This press conference that you're listening to occurred on Friday evening as the chief of police of Atlanta and the mayor finally realized that things were completely out of control and Atlanta was burning again. That is a clip from the press conference that has now made Keisha Lance Bottoms the media darling, the mama of the nation, the voice of reason, the 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 timeline in question is what she just said, and I stated on my podcast from yesterday, which was, if you told your boys to get home, why didn't you tell everyone else's? What about all of the other black boys who were in the streets jumping on top of our police cruisers throwing bottles, heaving bottles and other objects, uh, desecrating buildings. I, and I actually use desecration quite blatantly because CNN here in the city of Atlanta, and particularly for our mayor, is a shrine of a place of a sacred place of religion. So my, my question is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play this for you again because I want you to hear it. I, I, I don't want to bloviate or speculate or, or otherwise cast unnecessary dark shadows on the character of our mayor. I, I just want you to listen for yourself and put the timeline together and we will move on from here. This press conference was on Friday. Ready? Here we go. We're we're gonna we're gonna roll the tape back just a little bit. Um, above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother 
to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder of George Floyd, I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I on yesterday when I heard there were violent protests in Atlanta, on yesterday when I heard, on yesterday when I heard, the day before we allowed for what we told you we thought was going to be a peaceful protest because Atlanta is historically known as the um, the, the sacred uh, location for all things peaceful marching, particularly whenever it comes to, quote, race relations in this country. On yesterday, when I heard that there were violent protests, I called my son. As a mother, I did what any mother would do, and I called my son to say, get home, get off the streets, Black boys don't need to be in the streets. Why only black boys? But I commend her. She did what what all of us did. Who knew, who knew by virtue of looking at, at Minneapolis burning, we knew what was possible. Our children are on social media, as are hers. They live on social media. Our children knew this was coming before we did. As a mother, I commend her. She did the motherly thing that any good mama would do. As the mayor of a city that has burned to the ground and risen as the phoenix that she is from the ashes, where over 600,000 white and black soldiers of the Union Army kicked the Confederates' ass into the ground, never to rise again, contrary to some far fringe militia groups, mantras. Stoking the embers of of a nation's sins of the past in the name of forward progress as a mayor should be morally criminal in your mind. It should be completely unacceptable. It is not enough for us to mock our leaders, to mock corruption in our municipalities, in our state legislatures, in our United States Congress and Senate. It is not enough to make this a partisan issue. I have watched for seven nights as my black, brown, white, and other boys, girls, grown men, grown women have brutalized, terrorized 
my country. They have desecrated law and order in my country. They have spit on the graves of our sacred monuments that hold memories true to remind us as visual reminders of just how far we have come. Just how much we have overcome. We have the portrait of a black president hanging in the White House of the United States of America as proof, as evidence, a duly elected president, as evidence of how far we have come. Now, it may be too soon for some of you to start asking who knew what, when. But it's not soon enough for me. And for millions of others, you need to be asking who knew what and when. Who gave stand-down orders across the country? Who allowed for pallets of bricks that could not be brought in by anything short of a flatbed semi to be dropped off on city streets and a coordinated effort to turn us in on each other. Who allowed for an 11 p.m. curfew after watching the city burn in New York City? Rudy Giuliani now asking, demanding rather, that Mayor of New York de Blasio step down for flagrant obedience to an Antifa doctrine of destruction, willfully and deliberately placing his citizens in harm's way. If the President of the United States of America allowed for this country to be placed into harm's way, how fast Would you descend upon the White House? How fast? How fast would your little fingers take to social media to demand the annihilation of the seat of the presidency, as it were? I mean, we've been watching that unfold for three years in our U.S. Congress. It's never ending. It's really important to understand that when people show their colors, it's important not to dis- dismiss what you're seeing. And a, and a trick of the left is to tell you that what you see isn't real. What you see is a mother that we can all relate to as mothers. We see a woman after our own heart because that's who we are as as mothers, right? We want to protect our own and particularly don't get between a black mama and her cubs. You take that however you want, but I've lived with it my whole life. We relate to her on that level. But here's where the story gets a little bit 
more interesting for me. The governor of Georgia, according to media sources and the governor's office, contacted the mayor's office on Friday morning to say there's trouble brewing. Do you know why I believe that? Because I was with the governor Friday afternoon and the vice president of the United States. I was present for a black community roundtable, business owner roundtable that was held at Unity Bank in downtown Atlanta. For days leading up to this, a friend of mine who coordinated this event between the vice president's office and folks here in Georgia had numerous calls about participants, attendees, safety issues. I included as media uh, had to go through, I had to submit my driver's license. I mean, things that you just do. Your credentials have to be approved. You go through Secret Service. You go through, you know, a round of, of, um, of, of query as well you should. There was a heightened sense of getting the vice president in and out. He was not here specifically for that meeting. Just to tell you a little bit of how committed this administration is to minorities, he was not even here for for this specific event. This was an add-on to his already booked schedule, but coming here to pay respect, some final goodbyes to world-renowned, highly beloved uh, uh, minister, reverend, apologist, Ravi Zacharias. The vice president, his wife, Secretary Carson, Secretary Purdue, their respective spouses, and the governor and Mrs. Kemp, the first lady of Georgia, all came to this Unity Bank meeting to meet with business owners who had been affected by COVID-19, who had received uh, paycheck protection plan funds. They were recipients of this plan and the administration wanted to hear from them. They wanted to hear how it was working for them and moving forward what the needs were of the black community. That's why the vice president was here. The secret service already does their job bar none. Uh, I mean, there's just bar none. Okay. There's already a heightened sense of security. I've been to numerous events as media where there are times when you absolutely know that they are present. And then there are times when, you know, you kind of wonder, but they're always present. The atmosphere of this event was we need to get him in and we need to get him out. Why is that? Because a two-year-old could have looked at the atmosphere of Minneapolis and with something other a rect- the other than a rectal thermometer, taken the temperature of the country and known that allowing for a, quote, peaceful protest, allowing our law enforcement officers to be pummeled with objects in the name of just letting them get it out. Speaking of apologists pacifists that that wreak havoc across this country more importantly to me right here in my state and in my city the governor was essentially poo-pooed the mayor's office will respectively say 
we disagree with the characterization of the assertion that the mayor dropped the ball in light of the governor telling her, hey, it's coming. It's coming, and I've got my guys on ready. I've got the National Guard on standby. I'm here for you. Just give the greenie. Just give the go. I'm texting the governor's office that morning. I'm texting his press secretary that morning at 6 a.m. to say, I hope you know what's coming because it's coming. It's all over social media, and it's Atlanta. It's not going to be pretty. And do you know why I thought it wasn't going to be pretty? Because not only for eight years of the Obama administration, our very first black president, did we, did we suffer through the psychological warfare of PC talk, you can't feel, say, you got to be guilty. If you're white, there's some kind of a reparation that has to be had. You'll never have a fair shake in this world. We know how hard it is for you black graduates of colleges and universities. We know how rough it is, and we're so sorry the white people still suck after all of these years, but it's just the way it is, and God knows, just through your, just hang in there, and you too shall overcome eventually but hey don't hate your white neighbor just know they probably aren't going to give you a fair shake but you know we're all in this thing together hashtag one atlanta hashtag unity that has been this mayor's campaign chant from the beginning on the night of her inauguration as the mayor of atlanta championed the phrase i just want you all to know that black girl magic is real some of you have faulted me on my terrestrial radio program for being as hard as I am on this mayor. You see me as a provocateur, and I am not a provocateur. I'm a truth speaker. I buried a black husband. I have raised a bi-ethnic daughter in the South. I have been a minister of the liberating gospel of Christ. I do not bow to any man-made doctrine that would otherwise diminish the return that the kingdom of God should be seeing with his own eyes, with our own eyes in this earth because of what that spilled blood repaired for us as a creation, I will not bend my knee to a man-made doctrine of devils. I will not do it and I will not stand idly by and watch as my black and white brothers and sisters are continually divided on everything with a flagrant disrespect for the president's office a flagrant encouragement and idolatry of vapid individuals in my city who give out gift cards during Christmas while employing our young black and Latina and, and Asian and white daughters on stripper poles 
in their respective Black-owned businesses. Who, by virtue of our own mayor, brought to the stage and said they own half of the west side of our city that was burning. Well, what about the $10 million worth of damage and counting on the other side of the tracks? Who owns us? Who owns the biggest tax digest in the city of Atlanta? Where was the mayor? When did she know and what did she know? Let's go on with her own words. What a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not going to out concern me and out care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day. And I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners. If you care about this city, then go home and pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. Exactly. So speaking of the good Reverend, where exactly is the church? Well, I can tell you where the white church is. Just take to social media. They are on their knees begging for forgiveness. And some of you are like, well, isn't that a good thing? I mean, whatever it takes, Monica, to stop the divide. Do you understand that the Savior of the world hung on a cross? The same words are printed in every King James Bible across the universe that tell us that that blood repaired the breach. How much more is my pleading for forgiveness For a sin I no more had anything to do with than you, likely, whose parents came from other countries who had nothing to do with this. Could we start by defining white? If you want me to repair something that is clearly irreparable, even by virtue of the only one supreme being in all of creation who came to repair it, but we still look to man and we reject it. Can, can you tell me exactly how we're going to measure who owes what to whom? By what measure are we doling out reparations? Do you understand what is happening 
to you. Let's play this. This might help you out just a little. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. Show up at the polls on June 9th. Do it in November. That is the change we need in this country. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. What she didn't finish that sentence with is by a cop. And we all know by virtue of my podcast from yesterday that what that really means is by a white cop. Maybe that's just my own little assertion. Go register to vote if you want to effectuate change. Go register to vote. Everyone was so enamored like zombies with her maternal instinct that we do commend her for having and wanting to ensure that her black boys were off of the streets the day before. The day before. See, timelines matter. And they should matter in this instance. Let's roll the tape back to one of my favorite journalistic, uh, just filled with journalistic integrity, reporters from Atlanta's Channel 2, WSB Channel 2, Richard Belcher. Richard has had his foot on the pulse of the city for years. He has brought us story after story after story. And, and, and this one is what, is what caught my eye along with what I heard yesterday in the timeline of when our authorities in the city knew what was coming and, and they rejected help. And then the next question you have to ask yourself is why? Yeah, Justin, there was no dispute that there was a phone conversation Friday afternoon before things got ugly between the governor and the mayor. Our source uh, says that the uh, mayor pushed back against the governor's warning. The uh, spokesman for uh, Mayor Bottoms told me today we disagree with that characterization. Either way, uh, 24 hours later, Atlanta's police chief was acknowledging that the city was not really ready. Yes, you caught us off balance once. It's not going to happen twice. That candid acknowledgement from Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields nearly 24 hours after the peaceful protest downtown exploded into fires, vandalism, and looting that stretched almost as far north as the city line with Brookhaven. It was bitter payback to city officials who went into Friday's event with a conciliatory tone. Folks are upset. They want to be heard. And I think they have a right to be heard. I really don't want this to be an arrest fest. I think that that just further exacerbates a really difficult issue already. Whether or not a tougher posture by the city going in would have kept the lid on the violence Friday night is unanswerable. But what we've learned is that the governor called to warn the mayor Friday before things got ugly, and the state took some actions on its own. There were National Guard troops downtown by early Saturday morning. The governor didn't publicly announce that he was activating Guard troops until hours later on Saturday. 
A high-ranking state official told Channel 2, we had GSP in the CNN deck underground and corrections tactical teams ready for immediate activation Friday. By Saturday night, the city's soothing rhetoric was gone. Mayor Bottoms ordered a 9 p.m. curfew. Police enforced it with tear gas and twice the number of arrests they reported Friday night. Damage was far less on Saturday night. Chief Shields reflected on the people who caught the city off balance the night before. They were here to destroy Atlanta. Caught the city off balance the night before, basically Chief Shields saying in her response earlier, you fooled us once, you know, you won't fool us again, but were you really? Were you really fooled? I mean, how stupid do people think we are? How stupid do people think you are as an American patriot? We have literally been held hostage in our homes across the country by terrorists. We watched as our president rose to the occasion yesterday in the Rose Garden to tell us that under no certain terms would he tolerate a weak, need, feeble mayor or governor. I wish that he had listened to the cries of some of us early on over the weekend when we watched one of our own police officers mowed down. It wasn't a collision. One of our police officers mowed down in the middle of the street who subsequently lost his leg. He wasn't just in ICU. He lost a limb to a derelict, a terrorist, screaming down the street on an ATV who turned around and came back and ran him over. In the meantime, the mayor's response to capitulating and her conciliatory, woe is me, we are still overcoming the white man response, was to fire two black police officers for what now we've been told by Atlanta's district attorney, who himself is under federal investigation for being in bed with the city of Atlanta by virtue of his own slush fund because he just wasn't happy with his salary. So he needed more. So what do we do in the city of Atlanta? We create another fund upon funds upon funds. He declared this morning that he was charging the officers with aggravated assault. These are police officers doing their job. I have gone to blows with people online about cops doing their job. And in this particular instance, you watch the body cam footage yourself online. You can see exactly what happened. They're told to get out of the car. The kid accelerate. He keeps rolling. Maybe he's freaked out and his foot came off the gas. I don't know. Or came off the brake. And he starts rolling again. They were tased. They would not put the car in park. They would not get out of the car. And more importantly than anything else, it was after 9 p.m. I've been held hostage in my home to these little asshats for the past 
four nights. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. We have to be inside because I live in the city of Atlanta, you know, on the other side of the tracks that T.I. and Killer Mike don't own half of. Yeah, we get to pay for our own shit to be restored up here on this side of town. Right? And no, I, I don't think taxpayers should be responsible for cleaning this up. I think when you're dealing with malfeasance, you're dealing with negligence, you're dealing with capitulating uh, mayors and governors and media personalities and media news outlets, what a joke, that you should be able to seek remedy in a court of law when your life and your livelihood has been completely upended and obstructed. That's what I think. I don't think it should be the responsibility of the taxpayers, but then again, maybe that's what the maybe that maybe that's the punishment. Maybe that's our calling card to show the frick up. How does a mayor win an election by 700 and some odd votes, the same margin her predecessor stole the last race with? I'll tell you how. White people in affluent areas of town who are Democrats and apathetic or they're Republicans and guilty because of the color of their skin who clutch their pearls and don't show up for a candidate who would have done wonders for the city of Atlanta and restored race relations. That's how this happens because of lazy apathetic, fat, bloated voters. That's how this happens. So the log cabin Republicans of Georgia, some of you may not know, they are uh, a caucus, if you will, of gay Republicans who have assembled to ask the mayor, what did you know and when? Over 71,000 of them to be exact. How interesting. The same number as our, of our, as our criminal gang element here in the state of Georgia, 71 and counting. 71,000 of them have coalesced to ask, what about us as a city? Not just gay Republicans. What about Georgians? Remember, the foothold was allowed to gain a a stronghold was allowed to take place in the city of Atlanta. And once your little terrorists figured out that that would work, they came to you in the suburbs. And so it goes in every city across the U.S. How many of you are just tired of watching this unfold on your television sets? In the meantime, you've got Nickelodeon for those of you who have children who have a mission statement, along with our own attorney general here in the state of Georgia, who, who believes that, you know, it's, it's his charge to continue to bring uh, race uh, reconciliation measures. We're just going to reconcile that hate right on out of your heart, white person, black person. I, but I don't hear that, though. I, I don't hear race reconciliation and trust. And, you know, maybe we should all just take a weekend vacation to the Golden Isles here in Georgia so we can all, you know, just either duke it out or we can just, you know, uh, what are those 
uh, trust building activities that corporations do, right? You know, they take y'all out and get y'all liquored up on the weekend. But during the day, you know, you leave, you hold your arms out in the air and you fall back into the, into the, the circle of trust, right? Because that's what's apparently going to repair, quote, race relations here. No, you dropped the ball, Attorney General Carr, whenever you handed the case off to the wrong person. Your office dropped the ball. Quit with the reconciliation speech. Most of us are already reconciled in our hearts and in our minds. But there are more of you building by the day in this coalition to brainwash the entire country that something's fucking wrong with us. And newsflash, nothing's fucking wrong with us. We love our neighbors, we work our asses off, we pay our taxes, we abide by the law, we vote when we're called to show up and vote, we do things that we're supposed to do according to law, we show up with a damn voter ID, we don't buck the system, we don't bitch about life, we feed the poor, we feed the hungry, we clothe the naked, and we put up with this conciliatory crap from people who should love Enough to know the difference between guilting and love. You can follow me on Twitter at Monica on Air Talk, Parlor, the Monica Matthews, Monty Matthews on Facebook. This is my acoustic version this week because my producer's on vacation, hidden, tucked away in the North Georgia mountains. God help him, I don't blame him. In the meanwhile, our city burns. Our consciences burn, our hearts burn. I'm asking questions and I want answers. And I want answers starting in my city. And I want answers from people across the country. Tucker Carlson, thank you, sir, for the job you did last evening. It was phenomenal. Thank you. I don't always agree with you, but thank you for being my voice last evening. You are one of the few of us who are left, who are allowed to have a voice in the mainstream arena. Wake up, America. You're going to have to come find us. You're going to have to come find the people who love you, who love this country, and who will stand no matter the price. Until next time, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, for the love of God, act like it.